for all your medical care and needs. Ask our doctors. Well, for our health and wellness feature today, we're taking a look at a fetal alcohol syndrome. South Africa, of course, having one of the highest rates of fetal alcohol syndrome in the world. The country continues uh, to grapple with these rates and in particular, some regions reporting rates as high as 31% of children born being born with FASD. In parts of the Northern Cape, that figure sits at 28%. What we know about this condition is that it is incurable, but it can, however, be prevented. We're joined now by Dr. Angelique Kutsia, who's a medical doctor and chairperson of the South African United Business Federation's Health Committee. Dr. Kutsia, firstly, let me thank you uh, just for your generosity in waiting to speak to us this morning, um, because I know we were scheduled to start a little bit earlier on in the hour. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. It's always a pleasure, and it's and the and it is not a problem to wait because uh, this is a very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a big problem when we look at just the the statistics and and the figures, but I want to understand what is really what what is it really telling us about the status of our communities, right? What is happening? in our country that we're dealing with these high rates, especially from the level of a practitioner, um, what you understand about some of these patients that are then um, giving birth to children born with um, fetal alcohol syndrome? Well, um, it tells us that we are actually a sick community. We don't look after our people in our communities. It tells us there is real, real work to be done in educating young people, um, pregnant women, but also the men around the dangers of alcohol. We, as you have mentioned, we are one of the countries with the highest alcohol consumption in the world. And uh, it is biting us. It is biting us where it should not because our children is our future. If we cannot have children born um, from mothers who didn't consume alcohol. If we cannot have that, we're going to be in trouble going forward because it's got a dire effect on the emotional development as well as the physical de- development of these children. So it tells us we've got a sick community. Um, and it's a social, um, economic in, uh, uh, problem as well. And it also tells me um, that there's not um, enough uh, uh, things to keep young people busy over the weekend we have only pubs or places where people go and drink is there not something else are there no cultural um events going on are there no um uh, uh, places where young people can go enjoy themselves without the use of alcohol for the provinces that are registering these high rates of children born with the syndrome. Are there commonalities, Dr. Kutsia? What do these provinces have in common? Um, they've got a high, um, if you look at it, um, it is a lack of comprehensive and multi-sectoral policies. There is poverty. There is a huge drug abuse. There is lack of fathers, um, children growing up without a father figure. Um, again, 
what do you do in your spare time? Is it only pubs that you're going to or shabins that you're going to? Uh, it tells us that we are in trouble, especially um, in certain, your, your lower socioeconomic groups where there's a high un unemployment rate. But I would also like to stress, do not forget the higher income um, people. Uh, they have the, the, the they, are, they just have the means to cope a bit better than the people in the lower um, socioeconomic um, uh, group. And I think we need to address this. We, not I think, I know we need to address it. We need to, to say what is happening in communities? How can we improve the socioeconomic situation? How can we empower these young people? How can we learn them and teach them that there's more to life than just going to a pub or a shabin tonight? There must be something else. And we also need to look at um, all these um, criminal gangs that is around because they will use drugs and alcohol as well to get these young people um, lured into the um, activities. Mm -hmm. I want to get into the actual disorder that we're talking about now. And if you can just break down for us what the cause of this, of this disorder is, and in particular the impact that it has when it comes to then the, 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 the child that is born and the difficulties that they experience. Yeah, um, I think it's extremely important. So first of all, what one needs to do is we need to look at, um, need to make sure that when the child is born, the baby is born, that um, there are, there are spe specific characteristics that you need to look at, especially if you are practicing in an area where there's a high incidence of alcohol. So you need to, uh, uh, before I go into the clinical pictures, so please, there is no drinking of any amount of alcohol that is safe in pregnancy even one glass of wine during pregnancy can affect the fetus it might not affect you but it can affect the, the fetus because it's been is going through the placenta into the brain of the of the baby or the 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 the, the, the unborn child so any drinking during pregnancy is a risk factor for a poor pregnancy outcomes, such also as a miscarriage that you can have, you can have a even a stillbirth. And it, it's going to depend on how much the mother drink or drank uh, during the pregnancy on, the, on the, 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 um, the, the physical changes or the clinical changes that you would be able to see on, on these children. So you will see the children is normally um, small for, for, for um, birth. So it's not a, a child that, that weighed the, the same that a, a normal child will weigh at that age group of, of, of what, at 38 weeks or 40 weeks. So they are smaller. All right. They have Dr. Kutsia, uh, mm. so, sorry to come in there. I'm going to give you an opportunity to run us through um, some of the characteristics of how this order then uh, presents when we're dealing with uh, those children that will ultimately be diagnosed with uh, fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. Uh, we'll do that after the latest 1130 news headlines. Good morning. In the headlines, consumers are feeling the pinch of the rapid increase in the fuel price in recent months. 
This is the fifth petrol hike this year. Both grades of petrol have increased between 1 rand 8 cents and 1 rand 11 cents per litre. Kusatu says the massive increase in the fuel price is another huge blow to the already struggling working class. The Labour Federation says it expects government to act decisively in alleviating poverty as the cost of living escalates. And some residents of Musina and Limpopo believe that the Border Management Authority can only successfully carry out its work if there's proper fencing along the porous border between South Africa and its neighbours. President Cyril Ramaphosa will launch the Border Management Authority in Musina tomorrow. I'll have details on these and other stories at 12. Get your health questions answered by experts. We continue our conversation on the talking point this morning. We're talking to Dr. Anjali Kutsia and we're looking at a fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. So, Dr. Kutsia, you were running us through then how uh, this disorder presents in um, young, young children or in unborn or in children just born, really. Okay, so also please remember, um, for, also for the doctors out there, Please, you have to ask about alcohol consumption during pregnancy. It should be part of the screening, a lot of the screening that you want to do because there is no blood test that you can do. It's a clinical picture. So it's the small child. Um, it's a child with a small head. And um, the child has got the, 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 the ear, you know, these facial features like the ears and the eyes that's not supposed, you know, it's, it doesn't look, look normal. It's sometimes big ears sitting lower on the head. Um, then we, that's the physical things on the short of, you know, the short, uh, the baby that's not very long because of the growth um, retardation that you saw. But it's more, the, the bigger problem is the neurodevelopmental abnormalities. And that will only be um, later on in life when they, you know, needs to go to school or when they're three, four, five, six years of age, they will be slower. They will, they will have um, what we call attention deficit disorders. You know, this hyperactive type of child, a child with, um, with low uh, um, IQ. I'm not saying that every mother who drinks will have a low IQ baby. That's not what we're saying. We're saying there might be a possibility, and it all depends on how much the mother drank during the the, the pregnancy, because there's a direct link between between this. They will have, um, they can have what we call um, uh, uh, anger outbursts. They can, um, they struggle. They struggle to read. They struggle in school. Uh, normally, it's been picked up at, at school level that there's a problem, and um, and then you need to start with intensive therapy. But I would also like to to tell the, the listeners out there: do not forget about the men, or the, not, not the men, the, the the adults, because we're so used to think that it's only um, in children that you will see it. But there's a lot of adult people out there that doesn't know that they actually have. Um, uh, alcohol fetal syndrome because it's never been diagnosed when they were young so um and 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 here you again you look at a, a short stat, stat, uh, stature you look at the, the abnormal facial figures it would be the, the same as when it was a, a baby 
But then again, you look at problems with employment. You look at, you know, his, his struggle with, the, with, with living on its own. It's dependent type of living. There's uh, mental health problems that they can have. And they can also follow the same pattern with alcohol and other drug problems, related problems. So, um, uh, and again, some because a lot of the ad, these adults have already, you know, they've already been through their puberty. They've reached their primary physical stature and appearance. Um, it might be then less pronounced than when they were in, in, in school, but it's there and, and, and they don't understand why they struggle in work and, and, and why they can't get just going, get going in, in, in the work, pro, uh, in the work um, uh, environment because of attention deficits, poor organizational skills. They can't organize in, in, in during the work. You know, it's, they're all over the place. Poor memory, poor mathematical skills, all of that. And you will see the same pattern in the young children as well, but it carries on over in adult life. And if you don't know that this is a problem um, and, and, and that you need to get, uh, you know, for, for, for the attention deficit, these tablets, if they have um, really what we call uh, mental problems with it, we can try to help. For the younger child, however, it's extremely important to get them to an occupational therapist to a physiotherapist, to a speech therapist. And all of this costs money. And as you've already said before, these are more, these, uh, the children that are the highest at risk are the children in the poor communities. And there is not, in the public sector, a lot of these facilities available where you can send the child for uh, occupational therapist where we can send the child to a speech therapist. Yes, there are, but it's not enough. It's not, not enough, nearly enough to help and assist these children. And so they grow up and the whole pattern um, repeats itself, whether it's in, in males or in females, because the male with his low IQ or with his attention deficit will most probably um, also marry someone that have a problem. And so the genetically profile as well, in a, at some stage, it becomes part of your gene, your epi, epigenetics, we normally call it. And, and we create people who should actually have a chance in life if we are making mothers more aware. And the fathers mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the awful problem mm -hmm. during pregnancy, even three months before you want to fall pregnant, you should stop drinking. Sure, Dr. Kutsia, you know, there, there's so much that you have said, in particular, I think also about just the knock-on effect. If it's not always diagnosed at birth, what is it that, that people then can do? Because um, I think I had always made the assumption that this is a syndrome that is almost never missed at birth. No, it can be easily missed at birth, especially if uh, if you are working in an area which is higher upper class so remember we always yeah. think it's only the the low socioeconomic people that has a that's got a problem but it's across so don't only think what i'm actually trying to say it's not only poor people who drinks it's also the rich people who drinks so they should also listen and we should never say that you know what i live in this upper class i've got all these money in the world so i can drink during pregnancy your baby's going to have the same effect whether you're living in the upper class or whether you are living in the lowest socioeconomic places um, that you can think of. So it is a problem across the board. 
the problem only is you have money, you can help your child better, but it is not curable. You can never cure it. Remember what I'm saying. But you can assist and you have all the means to help your children do good um, uh, uh, therapies. But what does the person do who doesn't have the money, who's poor, there is not enough clinics in the a place or public sector clinics in a place where that where that community is, is living with the necessary skills to address and help these children. What are we sure. then, as I've said, going to do um, going forward? You cannot change it. You cannot, mm -hmm. you can never cure it. You can manage it, but you cannot cure it. You know, Dr. Kutsia, as, as we're talking, I'm reminded of a video that went viral. Um, it must have been sort of all over the last year or so. And in that video was a, a mom, a young mom. She is sitting around with her friends. They're drinking. And her young child basically, you know, is being restless, reaching out for alcohol. And um, she sort of gives him the last drops of, of, of what's left in, in, in her bottle of alcohol. And she seemed to think, well, you know, this is going to put him to sleep. So... Um, one less one less problem for me, and and I just wonder, you know, the, do you think that as a society we we actually are able to fully comprehend just the dangers of alcohol, like you're saying during a time such as pregnancy, and especially during the formative years of of of, of children. We, we we don't I don't think people understand the, the the severe effects of this. I don't think they understand what they're doing to the the unborn baby. Uh, and remember uh, a lot of this is because if you don't know, you don't know. It's a lack of knowledge. There's not enough knowledge out there. There's not enough community programs going around where we educate the females as well as the males. because remember if I'm pregnant and I've got a good male partner, and and I we go out tonight to the uh, Shabin, and I say I only want to drink water or cool drink, and um, and the, the peer pressure around says no 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 you you need to have a beer nothing will happen and my partner says no stop it she said she only wants cool drink let's respect her if we don't get that right as well and and the partner also put pressure on 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 the mother we're going to end up with as I've already said we are going to end up with children with poor organization skills, poor attention, poor development delays. And as it is, our school system is already struggling. There is not enough space in the schools. And there's not enough teachers in the schools who can actually address these children with fetal alcohol syndrome and can help them to at least reach their potential going out there. So for any mother who gives alcohol to a child, not only a mother, a father as well. That is something that I would so, so really, really um, uh, look at and I would condemn it in the strongest possible way. Yeah, uh, you know, we've we've quickly run out of out of time for this conversation, but I do want to um, play this uh, question that has this question that has come through uh, for for you, and it's around the the question of genetics that that you touched on, and and as we wrap up, just to explain the extent to which fetal alcohol syndrome can be passed on genetically. 
So, so what we what so you're born with with your gene with your with a certain genetic profile. All right. So your mother didn't drink, your father didn't drink. So um, but there's alcohol genes in the family. So you can be born with with the dominant genes of the, the two um, non-dominant uh, uh, alleles that you get from both of the parents. So that's one problem that you said to have. But now I have been drinking during my pregnancy. I've got this child that's been born on epigenetics. You can change the gene, the genes um, uh, spectrum on on on, and and that child can in future have the genes to give this genes if you know if the time is right with the right partner or the wrong partner can can transfer this genes then to the the next offspring. So genetically, yes, you have to, and, and it's more around epigenetics is where your genes have the ability to change. But you're born with certain genes and that can change. But you can also be born with alcohol genes. And um, and you can also be born to with a high IQ. And because of the um, alcohol intake of the mother or your mother, your IQ could become less than it should have been if she didn't drink, if there was no alcohol involved. So it's not a favor. We do not do anything, anyone, a favor by drinking during pregnancy. We should not drink during pregnancy. And we need to get it out, especially to the young people. Um, the older people sometimes more responsible. They start to understand that. It's the young people. It's peer pressure. It's poor socioeconomic situations that there is. And, and you should never, never, as a mother, or as a parent, if your child comes home tonight and they 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 smell alcohol and you know they're drunk, do not con confront them. Let them sleep it off. Give them water. Let them go in bed uh, to bed and rest. The next morning, you have this conversation with them. Right. Never do it while they're drunk. All right. Thank you so much for your contribution, Dr. Angelique Kutzia. She is with med she's a medical doctor and chairperson of the South African United. Business Confederation's Health Committee. It couldn't have been said any clearer than what it has been. This is where we leave it on the talking point for today. I'm back with you again tomorrow on Thursday. Um, update at noon coming up at midday.